0: Many are called, but few will be chosen. Good morning, Christian America. That's what I want to talk to you briefly this Friday about, about the love of God and how it extends to everyone, that we are all called to be a part of his family. We are all invited into the wedding feast, but although we are all called, we will not all be chosen because what Jesus says is that some of us are unprepared even though he stands ready to bring in everyone, to take back everyone who has turned away, there will be some still that will be unprepared for that calling. Let's get into the word today. Good morning, Christian America. And good morning, Christian America. Eddie here is always representing the Christian American revitalization effort where we seek to revitalize the Christian faith across our nation. Of all the things that are taking place right now, at the core of it is a lack of faith. It's a, it's a lack of knowledge in God who has created us. It's a, la- a lack of faith in the under undergirding of our nation that is built on Judeo-Christian principles and values, the values of the gospel, the values that God gives us, the commands that he provides for us, the example through scripture that we can read and he has revealed to us. And if you support the mission of trying to revitalize our faith across our nation, we don't ask for donations. We simply subscribe to this podcast, subscribe to this YouTube or Rumble channel, wherever you're watching or listening to this. Friends, I want to talk to you briefly today about how God calls us all. There isn't a single person, no matter what you've done, no matter where you've gone, no matter how far or how long you have traveled in the wrong direction. There is no point in time in which you cannot turn yourself around, turn your heart around and accept him as your Lord and Savior, because he is. That you can turn your life back to Christ, that he wouldn't be willing and enthused to embrace you. And we're going to turn to some scripture today to discuss just that. And so as we get ready, there's three passages I want to talk about. One, the first one will be in Luke chapter 15. Um, The second will be in Matthew chapter 25. And the third will be in Matthew chapter 22. And there's a common theme. In these passages, and you can take it from Jesus, so you don't have to take it from me. But what Jesus says in these passages, in a variety of different ways, in different parables, is that there isn't a single person that he is not willing and able to save, to and, uh, to, to give the, the gift of eternal life. But it's on us to receive that gift, to accept that invitation and accepting the invitation is not nearly enough because as we see in the scripture about what jesus says is that you have to be even though you are invited and even though you may want to enter into the feast you may want to enter into the wedding if you are not prepared to do so then you will not let's get into scripture to discuss what I mean. The first chapter or the first passage, uh, like I said, I want to talk about is Luke, uh, the gospel of Luke chapter 15, verse one. This is when Jesus is being talked about by the uh, by the Pharisees and the scribes. And chapter uh, 15 starts off, he says, then all the tax collectors and sinners drew near to him to hear him and the Pharisees and the scribes complained saying this man receives sinners and eats with them so he spoke to them this parable saying what man of you having a hundred sheep if he loses one of them does not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it and when he has found it he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors saying to them, rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say to you that likewise, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who needs no repentance. Jesus goes on to give another parable. He says in verse 8, or what woman having 10 silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp? sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it and when she has found it she calls her friends and neighbors together saying rejoice with me for i have found the peace which i lost likewise i say to you there is joy in the presence of angel of the angels of god over one sinner who repents clearly in this passage jesus has given these parables to say no matter where where you are in your life, no matter what you've done in your life, that he stands ready and is searching for you. Like a shepherd who leaves 99 sheep to go find the one that is lost. Like a woman who loses one of her coins and although she still has nine more, she's searching for that 10th. And then when that shepherd finds that lost sheep, when that woman finds that lost coin, They rejoice and they call their friends to rejoice. And Jesus says that there's more celebration in heaven for one sinner who repents than for 99 just persons in no need of repentance. A passage we won't cover today, but is in this similar uh, thought process is the parable of or the story of the prodigal son. Who squanders his inheritance? Who turns his back on his father? Who goes and spends all that he has, that all that he's been given? And when there's nothing left, when he's as low as he can possibly be, when he's at rock bottom, he decides to come back to the house, and his father rejoices, sees him from a distance, runs to him, embraces him, slaughters the fattened calf, throws a celebration, so much so that the The older brother is upset because he doesn't get that celebration. And when the older brother comes to the father in the the story, the father tells the older brother essentially that you are his son as well. Everything that you have, everything that I have is yours, is what the father tells the older brother. And that we should rejoice because your brother was lost and now he's found. When Jesus gives sight to the blind, that was seen, the, the, the reason people were blind, the reason people were lame, the reason people had leprosy in those days, it was seen as a way uh, of, of displaying their sinful nature, their sinful acts. And Jesus not only cleanses them of their grievances, of, of their sicknesses, of their illnesses, but he, cleans- he, he, he cleanses them of their sin, which is what makes it all the religious hypocrites upset at Jesus from the beginning. So this is an example. It's, I just gave you three examples, two in this passage and one of the prodigal son, where Jesus says that we are all welcome, that you are never too far gone, that he would not bring you back and then rejoice once you are back. But that's not where, that's not where his teaching ends as far as the inheritance of God, the inheritance of, uh, of heaven, rather. And so I'd ask you to turn to Matthew chapter 25, and i want to read this verse, uh, the scripture with you. Chapter 25, verse 1, Jesus says, when the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to 10 virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps but while the bridegroom was delayed they all slumbered and slept at midnight a cry was heard behold the bridegroom is coming and go out to meet him then all the virgins all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps and the foolish said to the wise give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out but the wise answered saying no lest there should not be enough for us and you but go rather to those who sell oil and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also crying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, you know neither the day nor the hour which the Son of Man is coming. Matthew 25 starts off with this parable where Jesus is saying, equating himself to this bridegroom, that he will be returning. And when the bridegroom returns in this parable, there are ten virgins waiting for him. Jesus calls five of them wise and five of them foolish. And the reason five are wise and five are foolish is because the five wise virgins come with their lamps and they come with their oil to light the lamps so that they can see the way to the bridegroom upon his return. The five foolish ones bring the lamps but aren't prepared. They they don't bring any oil. They aren't prepared for what comes next. They aren't prepared For the bridegroom to return they want to be involved they've accepted that they want to be involved they've they've made this first effort but yet they weren't truly prepared for his return and because they weren't prepared for his return when the time comes for them to make their way out to the bridegroom they have to go back they have to go fix themselves And by the time they make their way over, by the time they grab their oils and they make their way back to where the bridegroom was, he's gone, he's inside the wedding feast, he's inside the wedding and he's inside without them. So much so that they bang on the door and they say, Lord, Lord, let us in. And he answers the door and says, assuredly, I do not know you. Watch therefore, Jesus says, because we know neither the day nor the time of which the son of man is coming. Now, he just said in Luke that we are all prepared, There, we, that there is no one that the Lord doesn't want to go see, that the, the Lord doesn't want to bring back. But even when he does bring back, he does bring these people back, when he brings you back, you have to be prepared. Because if you're not prepared, he's going to, shut the door on you. He's going to say, surely I do not know you. Let's get into one more passage that kind of deals with this same, this same conversation. And it's the parable of the wedding feast in Matthew chapter 22, starting at verse one. And Jesus answered them, uh, answered and spoke to them again in, uh, in parables and said, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who arranged a marriage for a son. And sent out to his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding. And they were not willing to come. Again, he sent out other servants saying, tell those who are invited. See, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and fatted cattle are killed. And all the things are ready. Come to the wedding. But they made light of it and they went their ways one to his own farm, another to his business, and the rest seized his servants, treated them spitefully and killed them. But then the king heard about this and he was furious and he sent out his armies, destroyed those murderers and burned up their city. Then he said to his servants, the wedding is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. Therefore go into the highways and as many as you find, invite to the wedding. So those servants went out to the highways and they gathered together all whom they found, both good and bad. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when, the king, but when the king came in to see the guests, he saw a man there who did not have on a wedding garment. So he said to him, friend, how did you come in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to his servants, bind him hand and foot, take him away and cast him into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth for many are called, but few are chosen. Again, in this passage, Jesus says that just showing up to the wedding is not enough. The man who showed up to the wedding let's take it from the beginning so first he calls these people he calls the chosen those who know who he is those who have heard the word are called and are chosen to come join him and they turn their back on him they don't want to have anything to do with him they ignore him the first time and then they chastise his people and his servants the second time so those individuals are left out matter of fact what scripture says, what Jesus says in this parable, is that the king sent out his armies and he destroyed them. So that's what awaits those who turn their back on Jesus. Then he says to to his servants, invite everyone to the wedding of my son. Bring everyone in, fill up the wedding hall. And so his servants do that. And they invite, scripture says, Jesus says, they invite both the good and the bad. They're all invited to attend the wedding feast. But when the king shows up and he finds someone who is not dressed appropriately, he asks him, how did you come in here without a wedding garment? And the man was speechless. So the king at that point tells his servants to throw him out into the outer darkness where there's going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Again, showing that, Even if you wanted to be in that wedding, if you're not prepared to be in the wedding, if you're not prepared to meet God, if you're not prepared for the afterlife, then you can't inherit this internal life that we are all called to participate in. There's a strain of people and there's a, a good, debatable conversation to have because of what scripture says in a variety of passages. But what Jesus says in these three passages that I showed you is, one, we are all called to participate. We are are all capable of coming to the wedding. We are all capable of meeting the bridegroom. We are all capable in, in these parables to have eternal life, to participate in that eternal life with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the bridegroom himself. But if we don't come prepared for that, it doesn't really matter what we want. Because the king throws the unprepared into the outer darkness, and the bridegroom who comes back for the virgins shuts out the five who were foolish and unprepared. What I'm trying to get to you, friends, today to discuss and to think about is are we prepared to enter into that eternal life? You might want to. But if you haven't, if you are not prepared and you haven't given up your heart, you haven't made it possible so that the Lord's grace and mercy can shine down and cleanse you so that you may be made to be prepared for that eternal life. Jesus says the door will be shut that you'll be cast into the darkness. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth because as he says, assuredly, I do not know you. Let's live the gospel with our lives as well as our words. Let's live the gospel through our deeds as well as our faith and our prayer. Let's make our country and our community the place that we want to live in. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, again, if you like messages like this, if you support what we're trying to do here, we ask not for donations, but just simply that you subscribe to this podcast, that you subscribe to this YouTube channel, this Rumble channel, or wherever it is that you're listening or watching. So you can also go to ChristianAmericanTees.com, pick yourself up some apparel that says, I put Christ and my country at the forefront of my life. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, until Monday, you guys stay on fire for Christ. Stay blessed. Good morning, Christian America.